Hello and welcome to Crossroads of Rockland History. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County. And today our focus is the new exhibition at the Orangetown Historical Museum and Archives entitled Orangetown Memory Project. The Orangetown Memory Project is on view now at the Depew House, 196 Chief Bill Harris Way, Orangeburg, and will extend through November 22nd, 2022. Exhibition hours are Tuesdays and Fridays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and Sundays, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. The Historical Society of Rockland County is a nonprofit educational institution and principal repository for documents and artifacts relating to Rockland County. Our headquarters are a four-acre site featuring a history museum, and the 1832 Jacob Blauvelt House, located at 20 Zucker Road in New City. It's listed on the National Register of Historic Places and a designated New York State Path Through History site. And part of our broad and challenging mission is to share the history of Rockland County with the public. As a private nonprofit institution, not a county or state agency, the Historical Society of Rockland County depends on charitable contributions to fulfill its educational and preservation mission. Membership is a great way to support your county historical society. You can learn more about membership or making a contribution by visiting our website at rocklandhistory.org. Click the donate button or the membership button at the top of the landing page. We'd love to count our radio listeners as financial supporters of the Historical Society of Rockland County. Today's program has been pre-recorded, so we won't be taking any calls today. The Orangetown Historical Museum and Archives was founded in 1992 in order to acquire, preserve, and exhibit objects which reflect primarily the history of the town of Orangetown. The museum's additional but not lesser mission is to document, research, promote, and publicize the rich historical heritage of the town for the people of Orangetown. The Orangetown Historical Museum and Archives exhibits objects at two historic houses in the town of Orangetown, the Depew House in Orangeburg, New York, and the Salyer House in Pearl River, New York. Over the past 30 years, the Orangetown Historical Museum and Archives has acquired over 30,000 artifacts and archives. These artifacts and archives date from as early as the 17th century. The collection consists of items showcasing Orangetown's Dutch heritage as it was primarily settled by Dutch families in the 17th century, its captivating connection to George Washington and the Revolutionary War, the industrial awakening of the Erie Railroad, and the legendary home of Camp Shanks, the largest port of embarkation for soldiers heading overseas for World War II. Additionally, the collection accounts for the local history of all its hamlets of Blauvelt, Orangeburg, Palisades, Pearl River, Spark Hill, Tapan, South Nyack, and villages of Grandview, Piermont, and Nyack. The Orangetown Memory Project taps into this extensive collection. Items on view include the original Tapan patent, indentures, family Bibles, an early pharmacy ledger, textiles, postcards, paintings, memorabilia, and much more. I'm pleased to welcome Mary Cardenas, Orangetown historian, Elizabeth Scrabonia, exhibition curator, and Stephanie Derasmo, curator of collections from the Orangetown Historical Museum and Archive. Thanks for joining me today on Crossroads of Rockland History. Great to be here. Thanks for having us, Claire. Before we begin speaking about the Orangetown Memory Project, it would be great if each of you could tell our listeners a bit about yourselves. So, Mary, why don't you start? 
in growing up, I was born and raised in Manhattan, and I was lucky enough to live down the street from the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which was a playground for my sister and I every Saturday morning. So I have kind of a keen interest in, in museums and what they exhibit and how they exhibit. So I was very happy to take over as executive director of the Orangetown Historical Museum and Archives and shape it into exhibiting the artifacts of Orangetown. We have a lot of history here, you know. Absolutely. Elizabeth, how about you? And thank you, Claire, again, for doing this with us. I've been designing exhibits for the Orangetown Museum since 2007. I'm an exhibiting artist. I've been an adjunct professor of art and art history, and I've designed exhibits for um, several cultural institutions. I'm currently uh, leading the design team for the new Barrymore Film Center in Fort Lee, New Jersey, but my heart is in Orangetown. And Stephanie, how about you? Okay, so I've been working with the Orangetown Museum for about eight months now. And prior to this, my experience has mostly been in archaeology. So I, for my educational background, is in anthropology. I had worked previously as a field archaeologist in the southeast and northeast regions for cultural resource management. And I've also worked with um, the Bureau of Land Management, with archaeological collections and getting them cataloged, and as a museum technician for the National Park Service. So it's always been an interest in mine to preserve our history everywhere it is. Mary, would you mind just taking a moment to give a brief overview of the Orangetown Historical Museum and Archives? Well, the Orangetown Historical Museum and Archives has many collections, thanks to the various donors. So our mission is to collect, preserve, and exhibit all the uh, artifacts that we've been given. And Orangetown has many facets regarding its, its history, the development of the town in itself. So we've been lucky we've been able to do that over the years, thanks to our exhibit curator. So I really enjoyed this new exhibition when I visited. I thought it was very thought-provoking and timely. So Elizabeth, how did the idea for this exhibition come about? Well, Claire, I think coming out of the pandemic, we were all thinking about memory. We were thinking about the past. We were thinking about what we, what objects are kept and how they kind of um, spark joy or, or engage us. During this period, we um, received great parts of the Bob Knight collection which is something that Mary will talk about a little bit later, and Stephanie, a very disparate collection um, that confused us and then engaged us. Whenever our museum receives a collection um, from the estate of uh, um, a great historian that has departed, we try to get into the head of that collector and, and see where it takes us. So in um, receiving the Bob Knight collection, and then um, receiving this incredible donation of the Dutch painting that I'll talk about a little bit later. I think that's really what, that was the incentive. And as we were speaking with folks, everyone was kind of going through the same experience of being home, thinking of their own private collection. So we ran with that. Stephanie, you're relatively new to the museum. Can you talk about delving into the permanent collection for this exhibition and how it informed your work as curator of collections. So one of the themes that Elizabeth wanted to show in the exhibit was the division of land in Orangetown since the original Tapan patent from 1686. 
So in order to showcase how this land continued to be traded, transferred, and sold over time, we pulled land indentures from our permanent collection to be featured in the exhibit. And so an indenture is a deed that serves as a formal agreement and documents a transfer of ownership of property. Not only gave me insight into the history of Orangetown and the methods practiced within the museum, but it also served as a collaboration with our volunteers, especially uh, one in particular, Sue Schwinn, who transcribed all of the indentures that are currently on exhibit. So this was definitely an exciting way to get introduced to the collection and introduced to um, dis- uh, exhibit design. The exhibition seems to cover a few themes, as you said. One of the highlights is the newly restored portrait of the Dutch merchant. Elizabeth, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, this painting was previously exhibited by our museum in 2015 when we did the exhibit From Holland to Here, which was featuring our art and artifacts from the George Way collection. This painting had a great effect on us. Everyone was totally engaged by it. So what happened, George Way passed and great portions of his collection were offered for auction by Skinner Auction House in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. When the auction catalog came out, this was around the time that uh, my sister Maria passed away from ovarian cancer. We were devastated by this news. I, I had. Um, passed the auction catalog on to my brother, Richard, who said, you know, I think I'll put in for this painting and let's see if the museum can get it in Maria's memory. And uh, I mean, a consortium of wonderful folks got together, led by our fantastic board member, Peter Wade, who is himself an antique dealer. And the auction went live. We were all watching it. Um, We had um, a limited amount that we could um, contribute towards this wonderful project. And what happened is that the the auction went out of our bounds. So we all pulled back. We said, no, you know, we we can't get it. And then this particular individual was disqualified. We were back in the game. The museum was able to acquire the painting. Um, After this time, the the museum decided that the painting did need conservation. We came in contact with a marvelous conservator from Staten Island, which is where George Way was from. And through her connections with the Noble Maritime Museum, who also knew George Way, they said, oh yes, of course, um, Mrs. McCormick can work for free in our conservation studios. We are, uh, you know, we love this project. And it's been a real marvelous example of how small museums work together, just like how our Orangetown Museum works with the Historic Society. It really, it gave, a, it gave all of us great hope and it, it was a, a, a great rallying call. And people have loved seeing the painting. Uh, we still do not know who he is who painted it. We do know it was painted in 1672. The individual in the painting is 32 years old. And we have been knocking on the doors of the Center for Netherlandish Art in Boston, Massachusetts. And, you know, we're hoping that they will send us a young scholar to work on this provenance mystery. Wow, that's very exciting. We'll stay in, stay in touch about that. So another important part of the exhibition is, the, is, as you mentioned earlier, the Bob Knight collection. Mary, can you talk a moment about Bob Knight? I'd be happy to. 
Bob Knight was an amazing man. He was the Clarkstown historian for many years. Even though he was Clarkstown and he lived in Clarkstown, he was raised in Orangetown in Pearl River to be exact. And he had a number of collections, including paperweights, photographs. Uh, he was also a journalist for the Rockland County Journal News for the Our Town. And he was editor in chief of the Rockland County Times before his death. So he had all this amazing collection of postcards. He probably had well over 3,000 postcards in his collection. And it just took many months to sort it out. He also had a collection of the Camp Shanks or the Shanks Villager publication and took our Paul Clark, I don't know how many months to sort it out. And we have probably about 600 copies of the uh, Shanks Villager. And again, it's a publication of the time when Camp Shanks was converted into Shanks Village, home to former GIs and their families. Stephanie, in your role as curator of collections, can you talk a little bit about Bob Knight's collection and how it will add value to the permanent collection at the Orangetown Museum? Yeah, so the Bob Knight collection is a major project that I've been working on with interns and volunteers as we sort inventory and research and begin to catalog some of these items. Um, the collection includes photographs, pamphlets, World War II letters, Civil War letters, documents regarding the Erie Railroad, postcards, books, ledgers, newspapers, and so much more. This collection particularly adds value to our collection and its ability to yield data. We can research and learn so much from, from some of the objects, such as the 19th century pharmacy receipt book. And also the Bob Knight collection captures many different snapshots of time throughout Orangetown's history and politics. So his collection gives us the ability to view what Orangetown was like in the past while also providing opportunities for research in the future. Elizabeth, you mentioned when I visited that this exhibition is less text intensive than prior exhibitions. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, we wanted the 3D objects to really um, embrace the visitors and we wanted the whole uh, design of the exhibit to be more experiential. You come in, you engage with the object, you consider it, and it's, it's provoked um, a lot of thought. And we just wanted to try something a little bit different. We do, of course, have label copy, and you know, we do have the descriptive panels, but we wanted kind of the objects to speak for themselves. One of the elements this exhibition explores is the concept of understanding who our ancestors were in order to better understand ourselves. Stephanie, can you comment as an archaeologist on how artifacts and archives can help us do that? We study material culture to get a better understanding of what life was like and what people were like in the past. And we hopefully use this knowledge in the present to create you know, a better future. But when you are physically in contact with an artifact or archive, whether or not it was made or used by your ancestor, I think it helps to solidify that connection with history. It makes it feel real in a sense. And the artifacts and archives can not only give you a better sense of identity, but I think it can also help you with your personal growth as well, seeing kind of where we came from and where we can go. And like our exhibit kind of states, and that Elizabeth has pointed out, uh, they serve as reminders that the past is always present within us. And in our exhibit, Orange Town Memory Project, the Blavelt family Bibles are a good example of this. 
as these were passed down from generation to generation and contained handwritten family uh, history, very local to Orangetown. So I think people can resonate with that. Absolutely. You're listening to WRCR and Crossroads of Rockland History. I'm Claire Sheridan, and today our focus is the new exhibition at the Orangetown Historical Museum and Archives entitled Orangetown Memory Project. I'm speaking with Mary Cardenas, Elizabeth Scrabinia, and Stephanie Durasmo. And today's program has been pre-recorded, so we're not taking any calls today. Elizabeth, when I visited, you showed me some objects and archives that your members actually brought in after they saw the exhibition for the first time. Can you talk a little bit about how this was prompted to happen? Well, it's amazing what a little wine and cheese can do. The museum hosted a wine and cheese and poetry event, and it was uh, quite successful. It was pouring rain outside. We had about 70 people inside the museum, and it brought in some folks who had never visited us before. And they were quite engaged by our respect for some marvelous objects of the past. They said, ah, you know, I think if we donate these objects to the Orangetown Museum, they'll be preserved, they'll be respected, and they'll be shared. So after the exhibit, actually, um, there was one lady who won our wine basket. So she was doubly motivated to come back to the museum. And um, this was a Blauvelt descendant where we're getting some marvelous kind of farming artifacts from her. We received um, a marriage certificate from a Blauvelt descendant, the handkerchief that she wore at her wedding, an amazing christening outfit and an outstanding wedding gown from the 1880s, which we're we're still working on, um, on housing and preserving. So I think that the, the exhibit has really sparked a conversation within members in, of our community that, well, it, it is important to preserve the past and um, there, is a, there is a venue to help us do that. So it was, a, it was kind of a great moment for us. Excellent. Another element of the exhibition focuses on collecting old things. Of course, this was true of Bob Knight. Mary, what objects bring out uh, this theme of collecting in the exhibition? Well, Bob and I had a collection of uh, ledgers. Ledgers contained pharmaceutical prescriptions. And it's interesting to uh, interpret what was prescribed by the by local doctors, uh, some of which were uh, prescribed like um, arsenic, some like um, uh, cough syrup with a uh, little Coke in it. Um, he had, um, I think, four ledgers. And it just kind of gives you an idea of what was prescribed for people, for, the, for what the ailments were. Um, I kind of find this very fascinating. Um, you know, Bob had such an assortment of things, but this to me is outstanding because it gives us a, a glimpse of the medical profession here in, in Orangetown. What has the feedback been from visitors to the show? Yeah, the feedback has been excellent. Um, something that uh, I don't think we were expecting as much was um, the interest in younger people, college age, visitors. I think there's a renewed curiosity about the past. And I think that we are, um, we are the impetus of some new collections starting, 
starting in Orangetown. So it's it's been great. And Stephanie, what types of things will kids be interested in at this exhibition? I think kids will definitely be interested in uh, the wonderful uh, postcard display in the exhibition full of Bob Knight's postcards collections. So the kids can come and even make a postcards themselves. And there's also the great um, 19th century mail sorter in that um, room as well. So it's kind of a fun thing overall for kids to look at and experience. I know that you have some wonderful auxiliary programming coming up. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So there's quite a bit. Um, I'll try to go as slow as I can. Uh, So our first um, event coming up right now is our children's craft and story event, which is Friday, August 5th at 1030 a.m. And you can register for this through the Orangeburg Library. And so this program is geared uh, for children K through sixth grade. And so you're invited to come to the museum with your adult friends to um, view the exhibit and also hear a great story and do some fun crafts for um, for that morning. And then our next event after that coming up is yoga at the museum. And so that will be on Saturday, September 24th at the Depew House. So you can bring a yoga mat or towel and do yoga outside and then you can come inside and get a nice and browse through our exhibit again. And um, that will be led by Debbie, who's a great yoga, yoga instructor uh, who works at the Orangeburg Library as well. Um, and on Monday, October 10th, uh, we will be having a fundraiser at the Gracie Rose. It'll be a high tea party. So more information for this will come, but it's inspired by the Gilded Age in Bridgerton. So come check our website and social media for more information about this event as we get closer to that date. And on Sunday, November 3rd at 5 p.m. at the 76th House, we will be having our Orangetown Museum annual dinner. So this is another fundraiser and everyone is invited to come and join us for some entertainment, some drinks and some great food. And lastly for the year, uh, we have a holiday open house for three Sundays in December, which will be December 4th, 11th and 18th. And so this will be held, will be held at the Sire House and you'll be able to see all the new work that's been done at the Sire House with our new exhibits. And it'll also just be a nice holiday festive time to share with friends and family. So we hope to see everyone at our events coming up this year. That's great. I'd love for each of you to tell me one thing in the exhibition that you think best illustrates the memory project. Let's start with you, Mary. Well, one of the things I think that that really illustrates that, Claire, is the christening dress that we got later when uh, when our regular exhibit was was already in place. This dress was worn by Helen Smith Kelly in 1899, and she and her family were longtime residents in in Sparkill. The thing about the dress is part of it is hand sewn and part of it is machine sewn. But it is so well mounted when we got it in, in a, an acrylic case that somebody took the time and money to have this important piece of family history of available. So when you came into that house, you could see this dress mounted against the wall or something. So we were very pleased to include it in our memory project exhibit. Yes, I remember seeing that. It's so charming. Elizabeth, how about you? Well, for me, it has to be the painting of the Dutchman really brings the whole story 
of Orangetown back to those earliest Dutch descendants. So for me, it's the painting. And Stephanie? I'm pretty fascinated by the Farmers Here Seat Folk that Mary had uh, mentioned earlier. Um, I think it's really interesting to know that some of the doctors were, or, were local to Orangetown, the patients were local to Orangetown, so it all kind of directly relates. And it's, it's been a really good research opportunity for many of the interns that we've had come in this past summer. So it's been a really fun piece for the exhibit and for our uh, interns as well. Yeah, I, uh, when I was there, I think one of the young men from, I guess he's a college student, was talking about how interesting it's been for him to read through that and help with the transcriptions. Yeah, he's been wonderful. He's our, our intern from uh, St. Thomas Aquinas College, and yeah, he's been a pleasure to have this summer. Yeah, he seemed to be really enjoying himself. So how can people learn more about the exhibition? So you can come check, you, you can uh, check us out on our website. And you can, we're also on social media platforms. You can follow us on Instagram at Orangetown Museum. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on TikTok as well. And so we post a little bit about Orangetown history. We try to throw some fun things in there as well. Um, but it's a great way to just keep updated with what we have going on. Any final thoughts on, on the exhibition or things that are coming up? We hope also that um, the people will will review their own memories, think about their own collections, and think about what, what objects mean to them. We hope to open up that dialogue in, in people's homes. Excellent. And Mary? I think if everybody who comes will enjoy this and kind of relate to their little box of, of stuff that they've saved over the year or a draw full of whatever memorabilia that they've collected. I know I have kind of well, it went from a cigar box to a shoe box to a slightly larger box of things that I've collected over the years, things that I collected from, from school, things my children had uh, created when they went to elementary school. So I, I, I think there is a relationship that people can associate with. How about you, Stephanie? Any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think that um, I hope there's people... Get, get inspired to do some, by our exhibit, to do just some more digging within, them, within themselves and their own kind of um, family as well to see how they kind of their past can relate to their future. Excellent. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank you, Mary Cardenas, Elizabeth Scrabonia, and Stephanie Durasmo for joining me to speak about the Orangetown Memory Project. Thanks for having us, Claire. Thank you, Claire. Thank you. The Orangetown Memory Project is on view now at the Depew House, 196 Chief Bill Harris Way, Orangeburg, and will extend through November 22, 2022. Exhibition hours are Tuesdays and Fridays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and Sundays, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. And their web address again is orangetownmuseum.com. Please remember that everything we discussed and a recording of this broadcast will be posted to our website, rocklandhistory.org. Information about visiting the Historical Society of Rockland County's exhibition, Uniquely Rockland, including admission fees, hours, directions, and more, can be found there too. We'd like to announce that tours have resumed of the historic Jacob Blavelt House, so be sure to check in about those as well. 
I hope you will tune in to the next Crossroads of Rockland History on Monday, August 15th, right after the morning show, right here on WRCR, when we'll focus on the new exhibitions at the Historical Society of the Nyacks and the Historical Society of Rockland County. We are pleased to announce that archived broadcasts of this show are available on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and other major podcast platforms. They can also be found on SoundCloud and at rocklandhistory.org. Please follow Rockland History on Facebook, where we have a growing group of friends and fans. And you can also find us tweeting on Twitter, blogging on Tumblr, and posting on Instagram. And please do come visit us in New City. I'm Claire Sheridan, and on behalf of everyone at the Historical Society of Rockland County, thanks for listening to Crossroads of Rockland History. If you're in a podcast app already, you know how to subscribe to a podcast. So subscribe to this one. If you're listening on the Historical Society of Rockland County's website and want to get each new episode of Crossroads of Rockland History delivered to you, download Apple, Stitcher, or Spotify, then search for Crossroads of Rockland History and hit subscribe. We release every third Monday of the month. Thanks for listening.